It's 6 p.m. and you are tuned to your community radio station, KBMR FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Friday, January 27th. I'm Kelly Reese and this is your KBMR Evening News. The California Report has been focusing on the state's two recent mass shootings. On tonight's report, a little levity from a heavy week. Reporter Saul Gonzalez heads to Monterey Park to delve into the wonderful cuisine the neighborhood has to offer. We've got your local news and weekend weather report, which indicates some winter weather moving into our listening area this Sunday. And Tom Rigney and his American Roots band Flambo are back in town. KVMR's Felton Pruitt speaks with the violinist and composer about their upcoming show at the Miners Foundry. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Disability rights advocates are taking Governor Gavin Newsom to court over his signature policy to address untreated mental illness and homelessness. KQED's Vanessa Rancano reports. Under the new CARE Court plan, judges can order counties to treat people with serious mental illness and provide housing. Advocates argue it violates people's rights under the Constitution, in part because it singles out people diagnosed with schizophrenia and other psychotic disorders. Sarah Gregory is an attorney with Disability Rights California. DRC is asking the Supreme Court to strike down the CARE Act in its entirety. And DRC and its allies will continue to fight for meaningful and funded permanent housing and voluntary services. In a statement, the governor's office said blocking care court would only prolong the suffering of those who desperately need help. For the California Report, I'm Vanessa Rancaño. Support for the California Report comes from Paint Care. Now with 834 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. Stanford Healthcare, alerting listeners to the critical blood shortage in the area, now is the time to donate blood and make a difference. StanfordBloodCenter.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, which bets early on exceptional people making the world better, on the web at SchmidtFutures.com. Even as the community of Half Moon Bay mourns following this week's mass shooting there, residents are looking for ways to heal and find some normalcy. Mari Bolaños, my California Report co-host, has more. Mary Pina is potting plants at Garden Apothecary on the main street in Half Moon Bay. She's worked there for two years, and she describes Half Moon Bay as a quintessential small town. Every Sunday, there's a group that comes through on their horses after they ride them on the beach, and everybody knows who they are, and you know they wave at each other. Um, we know all of our like coffee shop owners and all those familiar faces. Just a block from the garden, 14-year-old Tarcicio Serrano is walking with his friends, holding a slice of pizza from the pizza shop down the street. He says the town's high school football team brings the community together. They have an amazing football program, you know, where everyone from every single family has come over and just watch people play football and the players, you know, play. He says the town is beautiful. When I ask him if he thought the mass shooting would change the town's demeanor, he tells me... No. I mean, I don't don't think anything can take us down like that. Small town, but a big, big hearts everywhere. Across the street, Mary Naragi is walking her chihuahua. She's lived in the area for 15 years, and she tells me she's heartbroken by the senseless violence in her community. 
people grow up here and know their neighbors really well. Even though we have a lot of tourists that come um, on the weekends and such, we love to share uh, Hafun Bay with everyone who comes. So I'm just, yeah, really saddened for what happened. She says she's grateful for the organizations that are helping her community heal. Saul? Thanks, Madi. That's the California Report's Madi Bolaños, who's been reporting from Half Moon Bay this week. Also this week, we've covered Monterey Park in the wake of the mass shooting there. But communities shouldn't just be defined by their worst days. So today, we want to honor Monterey Park's amazing Asian food scene that's been created by its immigrant communities. I dropped by one of the oldest restaurants in the city, the Mandarin Noodle House, and sat down with Denny Moo, whose family owns the business. Moo talked about how food can help create community during both good times and bad. Uh, our restaurant is basically a place where the community gets together, um, has a good time. You know, food brings tends to bring people together through thick and thin. And I'm here mainly just to, I like to, call myself the little patch atoms of restaurants. I like to kind of make people smile a little bit, touch people's lives in one way or the other, lend a listening ear, especially um, with the elders, like grandfathers, grandmas, who tend to sometimes come by themselves. So I'm here to um, just bring the old school vibes back. What's a must-eat item on the menu? Ooh, 100%. We are the, uh, I would like to think we are the OG original of the beef noodle soup. We've been here since 1978, so we've been serving the community, like I said, for four and a half decades. You go back to Monterey Park before it was a Monterey Park that people know now, right? Absolutely. Back then, um, this used to be a hamburger stand. Predominantly, it was more of a Hispanic, white, you know, a sprinkle of Asian here and there. But, you know, we serve everybody. Food doesn't discriminate, neither do we. You know, um, it's all love out here. So we just try to contribute any way we can to the community. And to people who don't know Monterey Park at all, explain the importance of food and Asian cuisine to this community. It's almost like Thanksgiving every day, you know? <laughs> you, uh, Monterey Park is definitely the Asian food mecca. You can get Thai food, Chinese food, Vietnamese food, um, Taiwanese food, everything under the sun. You name it, it's here. And you can get, you know, for instance, Chinese food as good as anything you would order in Shanghai or Beijing or Taipei. Absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, we do get a lot of uh, foreign exchange students also. And my goodness, I can't even count how many times they said, oh, your beef noodle soup is far superior than the one in Taiwan. Food shouldn't be so complicated. It should be um, simple, clean. You know, it's, it's food for the soul. And now after what has happened in your community, what small role do you want to play in what, what comes next? Oh, boy, what happened was definitely horrific. Um, but... Just to, once again, put a smile on someone's face because you never know, that's probably the only sunshine they'll see, you know, um, just a smile on someone else's face. So And fill their stomach. And, and 100% fill their stomach, you know. Um, I love what I do, and we'll be here for as long as we can. Listen, thank you so much. You're really kind for uh, spending a few minutes with me. Saul, you're awesome. Thank you for joining us today. Again, that was Monterey Park's Denny Moo, owner of the Mandarin Noodle House. And that is the California Report for Friday, January 27th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Brendan Willard, Danny Bringer, Jim Bennett, and Seal Muller. 
Our producers are Amanda Stupai and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our interim director of news is Erica Kelly. Our vice president of news is Ethan Tobin Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening and have a great weekend. Let's take a look at today's local news. Placer County Animal Services is seeking any information that could help identify a suspect in the suspicious deaths of 13 cats and one hawk. On January 8th, animal control officers responded to a scene at North Dowd and Waltz Road in unincorporated Lincoln. A utility worker stumbled upon the deceased animals and called authorities. The animals appeared to have been recently placed in the area. A Placer County press release published on Ubinet says the 13 cats were of varying ages, from older kittens to full-grown cats. They were also varying colors, male and female, and none were microchipped. All showed signs of abuse and appeared to have died within the prior week under suspicious circumstances. Placer County Animal Services opened an animal cruelty investigation into the discovery, but as of yet, has been unable to locate witnesses or cameras in the area. Tips can be called into Animal Control Dispatch at 530-886-5500. Option number two. Animal Services Program Manager Katie Ingram says, quote, This is a horrific case and we're looking for anything that can help identify potential suspects. At 4 p.m. today, body camera footage of five police officers involved in the January 7th beating and eventual death of Tyree Nichols was shared publicly. Nichols, who is black, was initially stopped by Memphis Police Department officers for alleged reckless driving. However, Memphis Police Chief C.J. Davis says after extensively reviewing all available footage, they were still unable to determine the initial cause of the traffic stop. Chief Davis says that from the moment the officers made the stop, they were, quote, riled up. She says, quote, the escalation was already at a high level. An attorney for the Nichols family claims Tyree was on his way home from taking photos of the sunset at a local park. After confrontations with the officers that left Nichols severely wounded, he was brought to the hospital where he died of injuries three days later on January 10th. The five Memphis Police Department officers, Tadarius Bean, Demetrius Haley, Emmett Martin III, Desmond Mills Jr., and Justin Smith, were terminated for failing in their, quote, excessive use of force, duty to intervene, and duty to render aid, the department says in a statement. Like Nichols, all the fired officers are black. According to both court and jail records, the five officers have been charged with second-degree murder, aggravated assault, two charges of aggravated kidnapping, two charges of official misconduct, and one charge of official oppression. Nichols was raised in Sacramento spending most of his 29 years in California's capital city. He moved to Tennessee in 2020 to be closer to his mother. Due to Nichols' ties with both Sacramento and Memphis, the two cities expect public reactions and protests to the release of the body cam footage. The Sacramento branch of the NAACP held a press conference this afternoon outside Sacramento City Hall in which they called on individuals to protest peacefully and nonviolently. The full video of the press conference can be seen on their Instagram. Nichols was an avid skateboarder. The Sacramento NAACP will host a candlelight vigil in his memory at Regency Skate Park near Bridge Cross in North Natomas, 
on Monday, January 30th at 6.30 p.m. Information from this report was gathered from the Sacramento Bee, NPR, CNN, and KCRA. Now turning our attention to your forecast from the National Weather Service, with cold temperatures on the horizon, Nevada County's cold weather shelter will be open this Sunday and Monday. The shelter, which is located at the Veterans Hall on North Pine Street in Nevada City, opens at 4.30 p.m. and accepts guests until 8 p.m. The shelter closes at 7.30 a.m. each morning. And a reminder, anyone experiencing a housing crisis can gain further referral assistance for shelter, food, healthcare, and other services by calling 211. For those in Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight clear with a low around 34 degrees. Saturday, sunny with a high near 52. Saturday night sees increasing clouds with a low around 35. And Sunday, rain and snow showers likely before 2 p.m., mostly cloudy with a high near 42. Sunday night sees a low around 25 degrees. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight mostly clear with a low around 15 degrees. Saturday, sunny with a high near 41. Sunday, snow likely mainly before 4 p.m. with a high near 27 degrees. And in Sacramento and Woodland, tonight mostly clear with a low around 36 degrees. Saturday, sunny with a high near 55. Sunday, mostly cloudy with a high near 49. You're listening to the Evening News on KVMR. Up ahead, KVMR's Felton Pruitt speaks with violinist and composer Tom Rigney. He's the leader of American Roots band Flambeau. The band's claim of generating enough heat to ignite any dance floor will be put to the test when they play the Miner's Foundry next week. We're talking with Tom Rigney, who's going to be coming to the Miner's Foundry in Nevada City with his band Flambeau on Thursday, February 2nd at 8 p.m. Now, is it Flambeau or Flambeau or what is it, Tom? Uh, Either way is fine with me. Flambeau is the the uh, correct French pronunciation, but flambeau is fine as well. I mean, people use it interchangeably. I probably use it interchangeably. Sometimes in the same night or the same sentence? <laughs> Could be, yes. <laughs> yes. To many of our listeners, you're a very familiar face. Of course, we used to see you at Strawberry with the band The Sundogs. And then at what point did The Sundogs fade away and flambeau start happening? That was around 2000. The Sundogs were just kind of wrapping things up, and I had started kind of an, a new band that was just originally going to play uh, just my uh, original instrumental pieces that I'd written for the fiddle. And uh, then the sound just evolved over the years and has become the, the uh, eclectic, rootsy, Cajun, blues, boogie-woogie, New Orleans thing that it is now and has been for some time. And you definitely keep the crowd dancing the whole night. That's our intention, and particularly at this show, I'm told that the new dance floor at the Miners Foundry is fabulous. Oh, you're going to have a wonderful time. Now, the last time I saw you, I seem to remember you had a, you had a piano player, a keyboard player? Yeah, yeah, Caroline Dahl. Uh, she's been working with me for about 20 years. Just a monster... New Orleans and boogie-woogie piano player, just one of the greats. And then you've got a lead guitarist. Who's that? 
Mark Brinitzer has been working with me now just for a couple of years. Uh, Danny Karen, who played with me for, again, about 20 years, uh, just kind of retired from the band. Oh, soon after the shutdown, Mark is a guy that, strangely enough, was in my very first band back in the uh, early 1970s, which was a bluegrass band. And he was kind of the lead flat-picking guitarist and baritone vocalist in that band. And now here we are, really almost a half century later, back on stage together. It's pretty cool. Tell people what the name of that band was. Skunk Cabbage. Yes, there you go. (laughs) I always (laughs) loved that one. That was a good one. So Mark is back working with me, and we're just having a blast. And then, I don't know, I think it was three or four months ago, you sent me a wonderful CD called Roll On. It's you and Michael Doucet, and this is your, what, second effort together? Yeah, this is the second uh, CD Michael and I have made together. You know, we, we started doing this. We had been talking about making a record together for 10 years or more. Every time we'd see each other, we go, oh, yeah, we ought to get together sometime and make a record. Okay. And then we'd go back to, you know, he would go back to leading Beausoleil and I'd go back to leading Flambeau. And uh, we wouldn't get around to it. Finally, we just decided, what the heck, let's go in the studio and that was around 2015, and that CD did very well, and uh, we so we, we had had it in the works to make a new one, and I'm not kidding, he flew out the day before the world shut down to play a couple of shows with me and to start working on the record, and the two of us spent a week together getting phone calls or texts or emails virtually every hour with another tour being canceled, another concert being canceled. And it was just shocking. That was, of course, you know, in uh, 2020. So we spent a bunch of time in the studio that week and got a lot of the fiddle tracks and vocal tracks done. But then the project kind of, you know, slowed down while the world was shut down. And uh, we just released it back in the middle of September. We're talking with Tom Rigney, who's going to be playing with Flambeau at the Miner's Foundry in Nevada City on Thursday, February 2nd, an 8 o'clock show. For the Roll On album you did with Michael Doucet, you brought in some old friends and some new friends. Like, I see Marsha Ball on the album. Yeah, Marsha is someone I've known for a long time. The Sundogs used to play her club, uh, La Zona Rosa, in Austin. That was kind of our our home away from home in Austin when we were touring in Texas. So I'd known Marsha forever. And uh, she got excited about the idea because, you know, she and I are old friends. She and Michael are friends. She just thought it was cool. And we, we ended up actually recording one of her songs uh, on the record. And I got to sing a duet with Marsha Ball, which was really fun for me. Well, you know, you've got a lot of old friends in music. I mean, you and I have been old friends in music for quite a while. <laughs> That's true. That's but, true, but I mean, you used to pl- work with um, our, our. You were friends with Queen Ida. Uh, why don't you talk about her for a second? Well, you know, Ida was my introduction to South Louisiana dance music. She asked me to join her band back in 1983, and uh, you know, I I knew Ida and I'd heard her play. We were friends, and. Uh, but I'd never played, tried to play the music before, and boy, I just, she just threw me into the deep end. You know, our first show was 
at a nightclub to about 125 people. And our second show the next day was at Frost Amphitheater in front of about 10,000 people. So it was a, an interesting baptism by fire. But I toured with Ida for a for just a year. And uh, then, you know, I'm a band leader by by temperament. And I was kind of ready to start putting something new together. And that's when I uh, started putting together the Sundogs in, in 84. Another old friend would be Doug Kershaw. Can you talk about Doug for a bit? Well, you know, Doug and I used to just bump into each other. Usually when I was like, uh, we spent a couple of weeks at Harris in Lake Tahoe, where he was playing the big showroom and my band back in the saddle was playing in the, the cabaret or whatever they called their, their smaller theater. And so here I am just hanging out every night and, you know, just having a drink and chatting with Doug Kershaw, who had been, you know, just one of my uh, fiddle heroes growing up. He was one of the first guys I ever really heard play the fiddle. And of course that, that was an introduction to Cajun music, even though I wasn't playing any Cajun music at the time. So I've asked this of a number of artists over the years. What's your uh, definition of the difference between Zydeco music and Cajun music? Well, the basic difference is that Cajun music is the music tradition kind of brought to South Louisiana and that evolved there from the French Canadians, the Acadians, who were kind of forced out of Canada and ended up settling in the in the bayous of Louisiana. Zydeco music is much more rooted in the Creole community or the black community, and it's much more blues-based, rhythmically, you know, just stronger. It's, it's more an electric sound, accordion-based rather than fiddle and accordion, which you hear in Cajun music. You know, another way to describe it is that, that Cajun music is a little more like a folk tradition. Zydeco music is much more rooted in the blues. We're talking with Tom Rigney, who's going to be coming to the Miners Foundry in Nevada City Thursday, February 2nd, 8 p.m. with your band, Tom Rigney and Flambeau. Uh, Tom, it's always wonderful to catch up, get a little history lesson from you, and we can't <laughs> wait to get out on the dance floor and enjoy your music coming up uh, next week. Thanks. We're really looking forward to... Uh, getting up to the Miners Foundry. I, I just keep hearing great stuff. And uh, yeah, we're very excited. We're hoping people will come out. You know, we're heading toward Mardi Gras. And uh, this is kind of your pre-Mardi Gras concert dance uh, to get you in the Mardi Gras spirit. So you'll be ready in a couple of weeks. Thank you so much. That's Tom Rigney. Thanks, Felton. that's our newscast for this Friday, January 27th. Visit us online at kvmr.org and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. KVMR gets support from generous listeners like you and Tripp's Auto Body Shop, locally owned since 1954. Reminding listeners, motorists have the right to choose an auto repair shop for insured collision repair. Open weekdays 8 to 5, Freeman Lane, Grass Valley. Tripp'sAutoBody.com and... Nevada County Citizens for Choice, promoting reproductive justice and equitable reproductive health care access, advocacy, education with compassionate services for women, men, and teens. 
Learn more at citizensforchoice.org. The KVMR Evening News is produced by KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza. As always, thanks for tuning in. I'm Kelly Reese, signing off. Have a great weekend.